0: Pretty breaking news happening around the world of footy and one man across all of these things is Sam Bedman, who is SEN's chief sports reporter, footy reporter and big part of the network. He joins us online now with some breaking news in regards to the Sydney Swans and one of their war horses, Luke Parker. G'day, Sam. Good morning to you, Sausage. Thanks for having me. Great to talk to you. You know you've got to turn
1: the weather on, don't you, over there? That's the stipulation of having a <laughs> big game. Melbourne always comes to the party with Mother
0: <laughs> Nature. Can oh, yeah. you
1: to do the same,
0: please? Well, hopefully the rain uh, is gone by... Uh, lunchtime Friday, but a lot of rain tomorrow, 15 mil, 18 degrees, so it's going to drop basically 10 degrees on what we had yesterday. So we are very much putting it on uh, the four seasons in one day, very Melbourne-like. Sydney Swans, Luke Parker, there was a lot of push and shove. Um, This took a a positive twist for the Swans today.
1: It did, absolutely. Sydney members this morning, uh, Tim, getting a message, uh, a text, quote-unquote, from Luke Parker saying, Check your email inboxes. There's some exciting news in there. When they followed the link, they found that the Sydney Swans champion uh, had signed a new four-year deal, this year's Best and Fairest, of course. So this is a big uh, development. Now, a four-year deal, that was the uh, tenure that he wanted, that he wasn't getting for a long period of time, which uh, was the main source of this standoff. Now, this is just my read on it, guys, but I think the fact he's got the 4 years he can owe a big uh, source of gratitude to Lockie Neal and Brisbane. I think there's an element of Sydney here, not panicking, but just thinking, gee whiz, we can't lose Luke Parker to Brisbane. It might be looking to fill the gap from Lockie Neal's departure. And these things happen all the time. They they make things happen. There's nothing like the domino effect of things as big as uh, Lockie Neal. So I think this uh, speaks a lot to that. Sydney have uh, thought, well, we've got a salary cap issue up here number of players out of contract. We cannot lose this man. So let's just give him the four years. So great news for him. And I'm sure it'll be great news for the club. So contract until the end of 2025 when he will turn 33. A bit like the deal Cam Guthrie just signed down
0: at Geelong. Yeah, good player Cam Guthrie. Looking forward to seeing him on Friday night for the Caddies against Melbourne. Now, uh, speaking of Melbourne, they are genuinely up to their ears in Adam Chera at the moment. And while Carlton is sleeping at the wheel trying to find a coach, Adam Chera would certainly be entertaining this... Uh, offer that Melbourne are putting together?
1: Seemingly come from nowhere, the Demons. So it was said to be a one-horse race. That might still be the case, given Carlton tick the two-fifth boxes, don't they, in the sense they've got the the money under the room in the salary cap, but critically the draft capital, which Melbourne don't have. But nevertheless, they've made a pretty attractive pitch to Adam Chera, I'm told. Now, Adam hasn't nominated a club, a preferred club, as yet. And I think a big reason for that is that the Demons have made a pretty compelling case for the midfielder that would pull the rug out from Carlton, who, as I say, have long been the favourites to snare him. So something has to give here, because Melbourne's first pick in the draft doesn't come until the second round, number 33. So you can scoff at that straight off the bat. They're going to have to get aggressive in the trade period to gain a high selection. At the moment, that seems unlikely, but they've bothered to go to the to the lengths of meeting with Adam Chera, at least remotely anyway, to make their case. So... We watch this space with great interest now. Would they meet with him if they didn't have the means to bring him in? You'd say that's unlikely too. So something's going to have to give. We won't see what that will be. At the moment, though, all signs point to the Blues for the reasons I've mentioned. But gee whiz, Melbourne, you could imagine him in that midfield.
0: Uh, yes, he would be very handy. And he doesn't have to be a bull either. He can just be the, at the outside run. He's a beautiful user of the footy. That's his That's his one word. He's a beautiful user of the footy. So looking forward to seeing you uh, out of that place. I, I don't see him fitting into Carlton. I, I just don't quite understand that. I reckon they, there's a bit of Zach Williams and a bit of uh, Adam Sard well, about all of this. Yeah.
1: Well, it's guaranteed midfield minutes, which is what they've sold him on. You, you come in, you mm-hmm. play with Sam Walsh, Patrick Cripps. We value you. We, yeah. we, we see you as being a mainstay of our midfield, whereas... You do look at Melbourne where Brayshaw's been um, shuffled out to a wing. Other players have struggled to get in there. So in terms of guarantee midfield minutes where he wants to play the game, he certainly get more opportunity or at least a greater guarantee of that at Carlton than he would at Melbourne. But then again, Melbourne, very stable club, made a really good pitch, really sound coaching structure. At the moment, all the things Carlton are.
0: Hmm, Angus Brayshaw is our guest on Friday Focus, Gilly and Goss. He likes WA. He likes WA a lot. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, mm-hmm. uh, yes, and Hamish Brayshaw about to join us as well. Uh, we know the Lockie Neal is big, and, and hats off to, to Ryan Daniels who broke it on Sunday night. I want to play something to you that was aired on radio on Saturday morning on community radio. Have a listen to what Peter Sumich said on Saturday morning. I'll I'll just throw one at ya. I'm hearing a whisper that Lockie Neal's wife's pregnant. She's WA girl and she wants to come home. So there you go, Mm. boys. If that's true and and he's looking to come home, would he go back to Fremantle or would he go to West Coast? So interesting call. His girlfriend's pregnant. She's WA girl and she wants to come home. That's what I'm hearing. That was Peter Sumich. 36 hours before it broke. Yeah.
1: He never missed in front of goal, my memory of him either, and he hasn't <laughs> missed here. So, um, so my dad, I did. that's how I remember him as a player, um, So, he <laughs> was all over it. He was all over it, wasn't he? So, it, Hill, it was. we wait and see, don't we, now? He's had the meeting with uh, Greg Swann, Chris Fagan, Danny Daly. Uh, Can you imagine what that meeting was air. like,
0: Sammy? Can you imagine what that meeting was like as he's, uh, you know, walking in and they're all sitting in Awkward. there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> awkward, awkward to say the least, and, and and from what we're told from people who were in the room, he was really indecisive in that catch up as well. So he was coming and going all in the one conversation. So mm. for some part of it he was saying, the other part of it he's saying he might consider going. So he's left that with a big, big decision to make. Mm. I think from the Lions' point of view, they think it's inevitable, and um, and now we wait to see what happens from here. And if the trade request does come, the Lions won't hold him to that contract, but. Two of the most fierce negotiators in the business, Diane Ambrosio and Peter Bell, will lock horns here. And the other thing for the Lions is it's less than ideal. Is they've probably paid around seventy percent of that contract as well because it was front-ended. So the Dockers here really looking at getting a Brownlow medalist in the prime of his career on the cheap, potentially relatively speaking.
0: Now, before we let you go, we appreciate your time. Sammy Edmund, our chief sports reporter, breaking the news. Uh, Luke Parker, four years Sydney. Adam Cheris certainly now has a genuine offer coming from Melbourne, albeit the Colton probably are still the front runners. Still a bit of play out in regards to Lockie Neal. Sammy, probably not going to chat to you before Friday and Saturday, but you are a very good footy judge, of course. Who wins both games and why? Melbourne Geelong here Friday night and then Port Adelaide hosting the Bullies.
1: Oh, that's such a hard one to pick. You can certainly mount an argument for Geelong, I think. How do you assess this game, given they only played, relatively speaking, five seconds ago, didn't they? Last round yeah. of the season, uh, as did the other prelim final. You couldn't have scripted it any better. So, yeah, the Cats up by 44 points. They get run over. Max gone after the siren. History says it'll be close. I think they've had four games decided by, what, six points or less over their last seven meetings. A couple of after the siren ones as well. I just think Melbourne are a bit more stable. They've clearly got a better... Um, medical room than uh, the Cats do at the moment. It'll be a fascinating game though. I think it'll be really tight. I think both of them will be. I've just got a funny feeling about the Dogs. I'm, I'm not sure if it's <laughs> uh, memories of 2016 when we all wrote them off. They were banged up. They went to all corners of the country and got it done. I'm not sure. Port Adelaide will be really formidable at home. So I think I'm just going to go the favourites. It's pretty boring, I know, DOS, but mm. I think they're going to be two unbelievably tight and tense games. At least that's what I'm, I'm hoping for.
0: Agreed. Oh, Thanks for taking our call, mate. Appreciate it very much. Connie, Tim.